Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, it's Jennifer here, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely show. Today, I want to talk about a common decluttering challenge. This is something that I've had a lot of people ask me about before, and it is how do you declutter when you're someone who sees value in everything? So that might mean I've worked with a lot of people who are crafters or artists, and they find it really challenging because, you know, they can look at things that other people might see as junk and see it as potential materials, say, for their next craft project, right? Or even people who aren't necessarily, they wouldn't consider themselves arty or crafty, right? But they're just really good at reusing things. Maybe they're really practically minded. Maybe they've grown up in a situation where they didn't have a lot of stuff or they didn't have access to stuff where they need it. So now they find themselves just really noticing, oh, hey, that could be valuable for this, or this would be a great, you know, something that I could use later, right? Um, I think there's that joke that goes around at the moment. It was like, how do you spot a millennial? And in that joke, it's sort of, oh, look, this is a great box, or this is a great jar. I'll just keep it, right? So let me start by addressing this by saying that I actually consider myself to be one of these people. It makes me think about when I was a child, my favorite book was called The Boxcar Children. I didn't love the whole series, but the very first book, what it was is these kids who have been abandoned, right? or I don't even remember the situation, but for some reason, they're living on the streets and they end up living in this boxcar, but they have this really great life because... Um, for the sh- short term, at least, I should say, they're able to repurpose things. Like they go to the like the town dump and they find like, I don't know, old cups. <laughs> like they're just really crafty, really resourceful people who are able to make something out of nothing. And I think, of course, that is a really admirable trait. But if you are that type of personality, you know, the flip side is that you end up collecting a lot of stuff. Right. So like, oh, back in the day, I used to buy so much from thrift stores or secondhand shops because I could just go in and I would see the potential and everything. Right. Like a dress that, you know, isn't my style. It's not right. There's a hole in it. Right. But I'll be like, oh, if I just cut this up and kind of sew it up this way with my very poor sewing skills, I'll be able to turn it into something useful. (laughs) Even an example that happened not that long ago, I live in an apartment building and like sort of near the bins, I was walking by and someone had left this dish rack, like an old dish rack. And I was like, oh, that would actually work really great for some of my plants. So I brought it up to my house and I used it for a while. And then I was like, it's just, it's just too much. So I ended up putting it back where I found it. But I share these stories, I guess, just to let you know that if you are that kind of person, I resonate and I know the struggle. And it's so hard to get rid of things when you're thinking, oh, 
but you know they have some value or oh I could use that for something or that would be so great for this project or it's just too this is one of my favorites like too good to leave at the thrift shop but as I said there is the flip side which you have too much stuff so I'm going to share three tips that really help me as this type of personality and yeah I'd be really interested to know if you resonate with or you self-identify as someone who sees value in things, I'd really like to know if you find these tips helpful. You can connect with me on Instagram. My handle is at simplyfiercely, all one word. So send me a DM if you find this useful, because this is actually a fairly new topic that I'm talking about. So I'm a bit curious. Okay, so number one, the biggest advice I would offer anybody who sees value in things and has a hard time either not buying them or passing them up. Um, Maybe you belong to one of those buy nothing groups, right? Where there's always like free things coming up or you just have a hard time decluttering because you can see value in everything. The number one thing you need to do is make sure that you are also considering the opportunity cost, okay? So if you are at the shops and you see some random thing on the shelf that might work great for some project that you're thinking about. That's true, right? That I'm not going to deny that experience. There is value. There's a ton of value out there in the world in things that we have given away, right? It's actually quite sad. You know, um, I buy most of the things that I need these days secondhand. I buy a lot of stuff on Facebook Marketplace and it just blows my mind. Like we could probably you know, never buy new things again with uh, with so many different um, types of items because there's so much out there. So I get it. It's so easy to see the value in this stuff that other people might even see as trash. But there is an opportunity cost to everything that you buy, right? So sometimes that's financial, but I think that a lot of people who struggle with this kind of value in everything, it's often more like you're getting things for free or, you know, something, someone gives you something, right? They don't want to get rid of it because you could use it someday. So I invite you to think about the other kinds of opportunity costs, like time and energy and your well-being, right? So as I said, there's a lot of artists who resonate with this. So something you might want to think about is, okay, I could use that in a project, but is having too many supplies does that lead to me feeling overwhelmed? So now the opportunity cost, the opportunity cost is I'm not creating because I'm either too overwhelmed or my house is full of distractions, right? So that one item had the potential to be helpful in an art project, but is adding one more item contributing to the cost of you being creative? Okay, because on a side note, as someone who you know, I'm not, I don't really think of myself as an artist, but I write for both work and for pleasure. So that is a creative activity. And I can say that there is a lot of creative power in restraint, right? When your brain is sort of focused on lower level questions, like, you know, actually, I think the best way to explain this is if you've ever seen these activities that kids you would do at camp, where you give them like some toothpicks and some Play-Doh and like three random items, and then they're given a project like turn this into a bridge or make something, right? That's where the creative energy really happens. 
the really having to think hard about like, what can I do with this, right? That's a powerful question. You're being given some sort of limited materials and now you're really stretching and expanding your mind to use them. Whereas what I was saying before, the lower level question is, what should I use, right? That's like something that sometimes gets us stuck. It's like trying to cook, right? Another good example, I don't know if you've seen MasterChef, you know, these cooking shows where you're given limited items and then it's like this creativity. You've got to really dive deep and think, what am I going to make with this? Whereas if you have every item in the world, you can find yourself just getting stuck on like, what am I making for dinner? Because the possibilities are endless. So in a way that is an opportunity cost, you're almost giving up some of your creativity in exchange for having more options. Okay. And so it doesn't, if, like if you're not resonating as a creative person, there's practical costs okay, as well. So when you think about like, what are the odds that I might use that? Yes, it's useful. Yes, it's valuable. But what are the odds that I'm going to use it? Because while I'm waiting to use that item, there's an ongoing cost, right? So that cost can be lots of things. Maybe because you have too much stuff, you can't find what you bought, right? I was working with a client um, late last year. I think it was garden shears. I can't even remember what the item was. And she was saying that she couldn't find what she needed. And it was only because when she went on Amazon to buy it again, that Amazon was like, hey, you've already bought this, that she realized it was something she already owned in her home, right? So there's like a waste that comes, a cost that comes with rebuying things because you can't find it. There's extra cleaning, right? I think that whether you identify as a minimalist or not, we can all agree that the more stuff you have, the more you have to clean, right? And that's time and that's energy, especially if you are like me and you hate cleaning. Um, And then also, this is a huge one. I think this is so important. We tend to underestimate the cost to our well-being, so when we have a lot of stuff, if you wake up in your house and you're like, oh, I feel kind of, I don't feel rested. I don't feel at ease in my home, right? That's something I could talk tons about. But often having too much stuff means that your home almost feels like a living, breathing to-do list. You look around your house and you see all your things and you're just reminded about things that maybe you should be doing. And that's very mentally exhausting. So if you think about that, that is a opportunity cost. Your energy your time is being sucked up doing things that might not be what you really want to do. So it might seem insignificant at first, but I really think that when we are weighing up the value of Ooh, that item, that could be so great, I could use it for something. Just make sure that before you make a decision about what to keep or what to buy or what to accept, right? Before you make that decision, say, let me balance the value of this item with the opportunity cost. And if you practice doing that, I can almost guarantee you're going to start seeing things differently. Now, another way to look at this is if you are someone who sees value in everything, right? Maybe you like walk into a thrift shop and you're there with a friend and you see some item and you're like, oh my gosh, I could use that really creatively to make X, Y, and Z, right? And your friend's like, what? How did you think about that? Like, I would have never thought to use it that way right? If you are that type of person, this is what I know about you. You are creative and resilient, right? You're always like the reason that you can see the value in that item is because you already have that mental ability to solve problems, to look for creative 
solutions to things. So if you see something and you're like, that's great, I could use it for something, but you don't know right now, you're like, oh, that would be great for some kind of imaginary project. I trust that if you don't buy that thing right now, that later down the road, when that scenario comes up and you need something, your very creative, resourceful brain is going to come up with some other solution. So you don't need to store that item in your home just in case, right? Because there's always going to be more stuff, right? That's what we were saying earlier, this overconsumption. Unless this is something extraordinarily rare or, you know, obviously you have to think about your circumstances. I live in Australia and there are people here who live, you know, in remote areas where it's 24 hours just to get to a shop, right? So of course, they're going to need to keep more things, but that's probably not you, right? Just because that's not a huge part of the population. You probably live somewhere where you have access to finding things. So sometimes you just have to trust that you're resilient and that item that's so great, later on, you'll be able to find another item that's so great, right? And, and again, balancing that with the part one where we talked about the opportunity cost, right? It's It doesn't occur in a vacuum. You think about like, what is the cost of this? And then weigh that up against the possibility that you could find something when you need it. And then number three, it's really about focusing on generosity, okay? Again, if you are someone who sees value in everything, my guess is, especially if you feel like you have too much stuff, right? Because if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume that, you know, stuff has started to become a problem for you. All of that stuff has so much value. You have an abundance of value in your life. So now let's look at, well, shouldn't we be passing that abundance on? And one way that I frame this, and it's actually great, if you have a brain who likes being creative and looking for solutions, you could redirect that energy to being creative with your decluttering, right? So if you are an artist and you have a whole house full of art supplies, and right now you're finding it a bit suffocating, you don't even want to create right now because you don't want to go into your art studio and just feel overwhelmed by how messy or how busy it is, right? Well, let's redirect some of that creative energy and think, well, how could I best share this value with the people who are going to appreciate it? Because I think that's a big part of it. Like when I see something in the shops and I'm like, that's too good to pass up. It's not because I need it for myself. I'm just thinking sort of on a subconscious level, nobody else is going to come here and see it and see the potential that that item has, right? Which is not true but I know that I catch myself thinking in that way. And so when I know that I'm being really creative about how I pass on my items, well, it has two benefits, right? Obviously, it's better. It's better to give your items to people that are actually going to use it as opposed to just sort of, you know, throwing it at a secondhand shop where hopefully you know that a lot of that stuff does not get sold and it just gets passed on um, and becomes somebody else's problem. But also, it's fun. It's fun to think of creative solutions if you are a creative person. So see if you can transfer some of that value from, you know, what you're sort of hanging on to and see how you can pass that value back to the community. Okay. So those are my top three tips um, for how to declutter when you are someone who sees value in everything. I think though, if I had to priority prioritize these tips, the one real takeaway that I would love to 
drive home is the one about thinking about the opportunity costs because it really starts to shift the equation and you see things with new eyes and you realize that all of that value comes at a cost. Okay? So, sorry, I think I just said cost about 50 times in that sentence. But regardless, I hope that you found this episode helpful. Until next week, talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time, thanks again.